Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Vashida. I'm Kelly. <sighs> we had a victory this week. Yeah. Yes. It was good. <laughs> yeah. It was a really good victory. I mean, um, who would have thought, you know, after all of this time, you guys want to spill the beans? <laughs> <laughs> Capital Care got their license. Yay. Yay. Woohoo. It's been five years. It's, it's simultaneously happened like much longer than we anticipated and also much sooner than we anticipated. It's yes. weird how that works. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. Like that bitter, like not really bittersweet, but like, you know, it's been, I guess, bitter trying to get them to renew the license. And now that sweet moment of <sighs> relief. <laughs> right. It's done. Yep. So. so this is the only abortion clinic serving all of Northwest Ohio. Correct. The entire corner of the state. And it was not able to provide surgical procedures for a couple weeks um, and basically had to start from scratch requesting uh, a license to do so as an ambulatory surgical facility uh, because the state Supreme Court ruled against them. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, after that, they were we they the the, the combined powers <laughs> that be managed to procure the needed uh, needed and quotes um, transfer agreement with ProMedica with yes. the Toledo Hospital, and they're like, yeah, we did it, and the state of Ohio is like, no, <laughs> so they suspended, took away, denied, I don't know. Got rid of their license. Revoked. Revoked. That's yes. the word. Revoked their license. So they had and to. Specifically, we mean the Department of Health. Yes, not just like the state <laughs> of Ohio. Um, so. and, and that order came from John Kasich. I mean, we we know that this is yeah, not let's just. Yeah, be realistic about it. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't yeah. Ohio Department of Health standard operating procedures. They're right. doing what the governor wants them to do. Exactly. So, you know, we were able to get the transfer agreement. So it's like, oh, well, let's find a way to, another way to stop them. You know, another way to stop this too abortion clinic. Too little, too late. Yeah. From, from um, obviously providing the necessary procedures that they do on a day-to-day basis. So. Right. So. so. Capital Care had to reply or apply for a new license, and it took... I don't know if it took longer than it generally does for ambulatory surgical facilities, because that's not my area of expertise. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think part of the problem is that uh, if, you know, if they were an oral surgeon doing dentistry, they probably would have had this license, like, immediately. Yeah, You know, they, they, they got inspected by the state. They went through all the steps, but the steps for all the other facilities either seem to go quicker when it's convenient for those other doctors in other medical areas or things just, you know, happen constantly. So, so abortion clinics get inspected a ton, far more than all the other doctors do. I mean, that's, it's not just inspections. I mean, they also have to fill out the reports after every single procedure about like the results of the of the abortions which it doesn't happen with any other medical procedure in the state of Ohio. Right. Not even births. Right. They're facing all sorts of of specialized restrictions jumping through hoops and Yeah. And and in this case in Toledo um you know normally we try and 
stop them from having to jump through hoops by saying, hey, these hoops are illegal. <laughs> uh, in this case, we weren't able to do that. And so the clinic jumped through these hoops. They've, they've done everything that's been asked of them. Uh, they have been providing safe and legal abortion care in the past. Now they can continue to do so because they've met John Kasich's onerous and we still maintain unconstitutional <laughs> uh, transfer agreement requirements. Right. Point of information, we were not able to uh, do this successfully in Toledo, but it's still possible that it could be happening with Dayton and Southwest Ohio because that went to the federal courts, right? Yes. So the transfer agreement may still be de- de- like declared unconstitutional as it is and has been in other districts, but it just did not work out for the Ohio Supreme Court. Right. And part of the reason behind that is because when they filed the Toledo lawsuit, it started in... Prior to the whole women's health decision. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and so now that decision has come out, and so now it can be included in... Undue burdens. Yes. Yeah. To, to show undue burdens in, in the current case in federal court, Cincinnati-Dayton uh, abortion facility. So we might yet still see transfer agreements struck down as, right. you know, the, the unconstitutional, medically unnecessary... Restriction. Yeah, that they or, are. Or, you know, step back that they are, exactly. Right. Um, but for now... Yeah, but know, for now we have to comply. <laughs> comply, but also we're happy that Capital Care is able to... Um, get back to doing what obviously the you know the community needs. So, right, yeah, yay. Um, you know, we put out a, a statement. Uh, our boss Kelly Copeland, um, she was. Uh, we were we were one of the first ones to know about this, uh, and and the first to put out a statement. Um, Kelly said Toledo was a strong community with world class healthcare provided by qualified professionals. Northwest Ohio has great hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Today, we're proud to see it again has abortion care provided by a terrific team at Capital Care Network. Toledo is a place that people travel to for excellent medical care, and this abortion clinic is a valuable part of those services. Yes. Yay. Very good statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Kelly's been saying for years that Ohio is a medical destination state. Yes. Uh, and... and having abortion care is part of that. And so yeah, if we're going to be provided about our, uh, proud about our healthcare industry, mm-hmm. uh, then, you that know. needs to be all across the board, not just starting certain, um, healthcare, uh, needs that some may have, but you know, the needs that all have. So, and then that includes abortion. So, I mean, even with like the clinics closing and the restrictions that Ohio has compared to West Virginia and Kentucky and parts of Indiana and Pennsylvania, we are a destination. <laughs> Yes. That is true. We're a good destination. To come to. <laughs> I mean, I agree, but if I'm coming to Ohio, I'd rather it not have to be because I have to travel 200 miles for an abortion. Right. You'd want to come here for roller coasters and football. <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> that's why you would come here, right? <laughs> no, it's all the strawberries. <laughs> strawberries. That's a good answer. Strawberry festivals. There's like six of them. <laughs> Okay, so the the staff uh, at Capital Care Network is obviously thrilled. They're able to serve the patients. That you know, that's their mission. It's Absolutely. nice to still have a job. Yes, <laughs> yes. that too. <laughs> um, you know, we we've heard from patients uh, and uh, clinic escorts. Um, they're very happy to to be able to continue to help people um, mm-hmm. in the Toledo area. Uh, you know, this this definitely means a lot to people who rely on it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
so that's not the only thing in the news. Uh, Donald Trump is going after Title X funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is something we see with every Republican administration. They will reenact the global gag rule, which reenact is reenact and and uh, expand. Yeah, um, which is supposed to tackle like international funds and like restrict them for like referring patients to abortion clinics out in All right, yeah. like outside the United States. Having doctors even talk about abortion with with patients. Uh, they're trying to ban, which is just absolutely crazy. Yeah, the expansion with this is it's kind of enacting a domestic global gag rule, um, which is to say that in, for like uh, doctors' offices, Title Ten recipients, like they can't refer or even mention abortion. So, like this is supposed to be an attack on Planned Parenthood, but it's really any family planning provider, anyone who yes. receives Title Ten funds. Um, so that's gonna have a lot of like implications and problems for absolutely. anyone who wants to do any sort of family planning. That's that's absolutely right. Uh, I just got done listening before we started recording to a national press call with uh, some of the Planned Parenthood heads uh, of their national organization uh, in D.C. Um, and so they were talking about the full impact if this, you know, does get put in place. Um, and you know, I think the first thing is that this isn't a bill in Congress. This is an administrative rule. So um, there's nothing we could really do about it. People need to contact their members of Congress and they need to do their best to put a stop to it. I'm certain, you know, because we've seen this exact thing before, Sherrod Brown, uh, you know, and and many of our members of the House of Representatives here in Ohio, Marsha Fudge, Joyce Beatty, Tim Ryan, they've led the charge in Mm -hmm. saying, no, you know, you can't do that. But now they need to talk to the administration. So it's important that your member of Congress hears you on this exactly. issue. Um, you know, four million people rely on uh, affordable birth control and reproductive health care services through Title X. Uh, it's been around since the 70s. It was actually started by Richard Nixon. Um, which I always think is like the weirdest thing ever. I know. I, go figure. <laughs> I had a class with somebody who argued that Richard Dixon was not a Republican. He very much was, but this <laughs> that just tells you how far right this guy was. Right. Well, and, and you know, this, this was supported through, through the Reagan administration. I mean, Reagan had the first version of his gag rule. So, you know, mm-hmm. Reagan had problems. I'm not saying Reagan was good, but, but title 10 was always seen as a <laughs> non-political, yeah. Uh, non-political thing. This right. is just money for family planning healthcare. No one would go after it exactly. because that would be a dumb thing to do politically. <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> right. Um, and so now it's, it's continued to grow. So uh, you've got wellness exams, life-saving cervical and breast cancer screenings, birth control, contra- contraception education, testing and treatment for sexually transmitted diseases and HIV testing. That's I mean, the services through Title X that people get. That's a large scope of services that people yeah. cannot afford to lose. And a lot of that funding does go to Planned Parenthood, who does do and refer for abortions. So you're taking like one of the largest <laughs> providers of family planning and just being like, no, nah, you can't have the money for it. So it's essentially just going to slash all of Title X funding, just in general. Right. Or uh, you can give it to, like I don't know, county clinics that don't have enough staff and support to actually see all the patients who would need it. Or offer all of these services to start with. Yeah. You know, exactly. that was something that we saw the first time John Kasich tried to defund Planned Just Parenthood. Just go to a dental clinic. It'll be fine. Yeah. They were referring to dental clinics and, and saying, well, give it to those. Those are qualified, you know, healthcare providers for teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Which shouldn't be separate from like 
health insurance. But that's another discussion. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. It's in your body. It should be cared for by a specialized doctor who knows what they're doing. Exactly, which is why they go to school for that particular field. Right. <laughs> so, again, make sure you contact your uh, congresswoman or congressman and, you know, voice your opinions. Um, make, your, make your concerns heard. Did you guys see that the uh, birth rate for the United States is the lowest it's been two years in a row? I see that. Yes. Imagine that. <laughs> access to contraception compounded exactly. with like... Access to birth control. And yeah, access to contraception compounded with like hostility and lack of resources for new parents. Hmm, I wonder why the birth rate would be so low. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that's one thing that I, I learned about in, uh, in high school. We had a biology teacher that taught you know, a a whole unit on population studies. And so we learned like the Paul Ehrlich population bomb, all the the early sort of, you know, oh no, there's too many people in the world, which... (laughs) That's funny you said that because I was going to mention that like literally right when you said that. Turns out that when people have control of their fertility, they have less children. Right. (laughs) Do you think our country will ever get to the point where they start to implement like China, China did, how many kids you can and cannot have? Well, I mean, our birth rate is low like... Because people want it to be low. It's not because... Right. I mean... But I'm just saying, like... There are people who are freaking out about this because they're like, oh, no, there won't be enough people for Social Security. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. The population in the United States is still growing thanks to all the immigrants that come to this country, so Social Security is fine. Which yes. is, puts another, like, damper on, like, Donald Trump's, like, plan. plan. <laughs> oh, no, get the immigrants out of here. Yeah. Wait, no, what about Social Security? <laughs> because they're bad people. No, no, no. They're not people, they're animals. No, no. Well, that, that's definitely a, a, a point of religious and racial contention, and, and we see this from the, the yeah, it's, quiverful movement. Is, it's the white babies that we're worried about. There's not enough white babies being born in the United States. Right. You know, the, there's absolutely Christian conservatives across the state of Ohio and the country who think that, you know, strong white Christian families should each have a dozen kids, you know, a dozen mm-hmm. kids. It's it's the Duggar mentality. Yeah. Uh, to to maintain the American population with just white kids. Yes. And so, the you know, then the other side of that is when they read these headlines about how the birth rate across the United States is holding steady or declining, and, and the headline that I read uh, was saying that it had declined below replacement rate. Yeah. So it was, you know, down below an average of two kids per two people, right? Uh, and so they read that and they panic, and, and they freak out because then either, oh, no, we're not going to have enough people or, you know, what you just said, the obvious solution is to allow immigration mm-hmm. and, you know, allow people to come to this country, do jobs, pay taxes, pay into Social right. Security, and we'll have no problems whatsoever maintaining a healthy working population. Absolutely. You just can't be racist about it. Right. <laughs> Also, I mean, I think people are realizing, too, that nowadays with so many services being taken away, it's expensive to have children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to be real yes. about it. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not cheap. I mean, the cost of daycare is, is through the roof, so. <laughs> my cost of daycare is more than my mortgage, my car payment, and my student loans combined. It's quite a bit. That's it is. crazy. For a Bambino. Yes. Yes. Not yeah. only that, my the the cost of my daycare is under market rate, so good for the, good for me, I guess. Right, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's it's astronomical to to care for a child, and and if if you know anti-abortion, so-called pro-life groups wanted to do something serious about it, they would be advocating for 
you access know. to affordable quality childcare, right. yeah. access to parental leave. Like there's yeah. so many options that could make this better. Stop introducing anti-abortion bills and lobby for more funding for Title 20, you know, childcare. Absolutely. Funding. I don't qualify for Title 20. <laughs> yeah, we don't. And if in in order to qualify, you have to make like Eight nine dollars an hour and struggle and and if barely you, make ends meet, but you have Title Twenty. And if you let's say you qualify at twenty hours, you will qualify up to thirty hours. But if you go up to thirty one hours, you won't yes. qualify. So if you go back to twenty six hours, you won't you still won't qualify. You'll have to go back to twenty hours. So you're like keeping people in poverty with the way the Absolutely. system is right now. Absolutely. And the, the, the poverty line is too low anyway. It hasn't been updated in entirely too, in entirely too long. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Right. <laughs> Right. Uh, back to this comment. So away from Title 20, <laughs> back to Title 10. Um, okay, I got some, some stats here uh, from Planned Parenthood. 2016, uh, health centers provided 700,000 pap tests, more than 4 million STD tests, including HIV tests, nearly 1 million women with breast exams through Title 10. Wow. All of that is threatened now if the doctors who provide it do abortion referrals uh, or work for facilities that provide both this Title X care and abortion care. Yeah, that's unimaginable. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> we have problems with, like, the maternal health rate now. Let's just see what happens in a few years, I guess. Right. Looking at Planned Parenthood specifically, there's 4,000 Title X-funded health centers across the country. Um, so those are Planned Parenthood and not Planned Parenthood. Anybody that's Title X, 4,000 facilities, 13% oh, wow. of them are Planned Parenthoods. But the Planned Parenthood facilities serve 41% of all Title X patients. So basically 41% of low-income women seeking breast exams and cervical exams are right. going to Planned Parenthood. Exactly. That care right now, 41% of low-income women who get this care would have to find another doctor... That's a Title Ten facility that, you know, can give them an appointment. Right. Timely, because if well, you're looking at a cancer screening, right. yeah. Yeah. All of that is threatened because Donald Trump is, realistically, he's listening to Mike Pence. Yeah. You know, we're calling this the Trump gag rule, but really this is Pence's, uh, his agenda that's just always been there. Exactly. Huzzah. Um, so the, uh, nobody ever thinks about the long-term consequences of these things. Like, you know, I, I don't know what they do in the White House. Kind of like twiddle their fingers or thumbs. They're looking at the short term. What can we do to guarantee that we get reelected to and appeal to the, lives. yeah. The, they have the a primary voters. goal. Yeah. They have a primary goal that they don't, that is apparently better than any of their like second or tertiary goals. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, the we we haven't done the "That's What She Said" segment in a while. So if, uh, <laughs> if our boss Kelly is listening, that what she that's what she said. Uh, Don Legans, the uh, vice president for Planned Parenthood Federation of America, uh, she was on this media call earlier. She said, "A president who does not know the difference between HIV and HPV should not be interfering in the doctor-patient relationship at all." Which is to say, that's what's happening. Our president does not know the difference between HPV and HIV. Right. She she said that quote on the call, and I could just, like, hear the crack of the bat. And <laughs> the oh. I'm all about the sports metaphors and discussing <laughs> women's health care. 
Nice game. <laughs> yeah, well. It starts um, at middle school, goes until you're, I don't know, almost 40. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump uh, doesn't know the difference. HIV and That's HPV. That's sad. I mean, seriously, I, I can't even, in my mind, begin to imagine that we have a president who doesn't know the difference between HPV and HIV. For listeners at home who may not know the and difference. And doesn't know what, what Bill Gates has been doing all this all these years. Yeah, so the conversation about this uh, is between the president and Bill Gates. Bill Gates does a lot of global health initiatives surrounding HIV, hum- human immunodeficiency virus, which is the precursor to AIDS. Um, and HPV is the human papillomavirus, also known as warts. Not just genital warts, any kind of warts. If you have warts on your fingers, you have a type of HPV. There are hundreds, I don't know, thousands of varieties of HPV, some yes. of which that cause cervical cancer. So there's all, there's, these are very different diseases. <laughs> Completely. That was a terrific explanation. I had to look yeah. it up. I couldn't have told you <laughs> papillomavirus. I, I know my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Gardasil vaccine that is, like, offered to, like, young children, boys I and girls. I have my reservations, but I guess that's not here, neither here nor there. Uh, moving on. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's a vaccine for right. the, uh, the HPV strains that cause cervical cancer or other types of cancers because they have found that HPV can also cause throat cancer. Yeah. Um, and, and so... <laughs> <In men. laughs> uh, yeah, and... and you know, I've I've got two boys, and you know, I, they're they're a couple years young, but in a short amount of time, when they're in their early teens, it's usually recommended between ages nine and thirteen, isn't it? Yeah, so we're we're right in there. You know, mm-hmm. my two boys can can get the Gardasil vaccine, and it, you know, we will not be stopping them because yeah, it's. I just feel like I need to do more research because it's so new. And, like, they just came out of nowhere. You should like, hey. get your kid vaccinated. <laughs> I mean, my kids are vaccinated, but I'm just, I guess, specifically, it's, spuck, uh, I can't even talk now. It's specifically really not, talking about the HPV It's really vaccine. not that new. I got it when I was 20. Did you? Yeah. Okay, so maybe it's just new to me, because I, <laughs> there is I feel a, like within the past few years is when I first heard about it, but, like... There's been a lot of controversy about it, because people who are like, oh, no, if I get my kid vaccinated for HPV, they'll, they'll be more likely to have sex, which, like... Okay, that is about birth control. a valid argument. Like, no. I, yeah, right. not at all. <laughs> I don't want my kid to have sex, so I'm going to put them at risk for cervical cancer. <laughs> are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, and, and... So, you guys are... Yeah. You got it. You're going to get your kids yeah. done? Yeah. And, okay. Yep. I don't know why I'm so skeptical. <laughs> Well, I just have to do my research. I do research on everything. So, you know, rightfully so, you know, you want to know what you're putting in your kids' bodies. But my kids are vaccinated. They do have their vaccinations, you know, but we just have not hit that threshold of the HPV vaccine. And thank goodness they're still young. So time. (laughs) When it was was initially introduced, it was like marketed probably towards college students, but they, they started having it being introduced like before people are first like sexually exposed. So, I mean. By the time you're in college, most people already have HPV. So that is true. That's that's the problem we're looking to prevent here. Yeah. Uh, so Bill Gates obviously has been doing HIV tests, uh, or, you know, programs, uh, HIV prevention programs globally, uh, and you know I think it's related that he gets into work to try and prevent HPV, and has had conversations with Donald Trump, and apparently every single time they meet. Uh, Trump has to ask the difference between the two. He doesn't know 
HPV from HIV. I just find that hard to believe. Maybe he just doesn't know what HPV is. Like, how do you know, not know as a grown man and a father? Um, Who lived in it, New York City as an adult through the AIDS crisis. Exactly. The difference. Like, that's just I crazy mean, to me. Maybe he doesn't know that HIV causes AIDS and just thinks of it as the AIDS crisis instead of the HIV crisis. I mean, I'm just attempting to understand. Like, I've, I've definitely made word mix-ups that do not go together but sound similar enough so yeah. i can i can i can understand it from like that point of view but as somebody who is in charge of leading a country i would i do yeah, expect I better need you to know and then if you've done it multiple times that's that's a problem yeah <laughs> right maybe he's just worried that i've been told by my doctor that i have hpv what, what does that mean i have hiv <laughs> Maybe that's maybe that's happening here. Well, and and his oh, his man. doctor, you know, there's some so many controversies about his doctors lately. He's had the the personal physician sort of whack job guy who who wrote the fake letter about how he'll be the most physically fit president ever, which Trump basically dictated that letter. He's now admitted. <laughs> I don't know why he couldn't at least be like, well, yeah, he's healthy instead of like, no, he is the most healthy he has ever been. He was writing it. He said he didn't think anybody would take it seriously, and. I didn't. <laughs> no, not I at mean, all. he was right. <laughs> right. And then he got assigned a, uh, a military physician when elected president, and it turned out to be this Ronnie Jackson guy uh, who's an, an admiral, uh, but yet uh, accused of drinking on the job and creating a hostile work environment and, you know, was going to be up for VA secretary. And everyone said, hey, wait a minute. This guy's just a personal physician and in no way qualified to be the secretary of the VA. Yikes. And earlier today, Trump announced the new VA secretary, like, as a surprise during a press conference, like, hey, so-and-so, you over there in the room, <laughs> guess what? You Here's just won VA <laughs> secretary. He announced it during a press conference to the guy who didn't know he was getting the position. Wow. <laughs> That's Trump's idea of, you know, the, the VA a provides medical, yeah, of, of a good time, of, of showmanship. But, you know, the VA runs so much health care for yes. millions of Americans. Absolutely. And, and it's not really like the best, well, it's not the best run It's thing. had significant it's problems yeah, over the past absolutely. couple of decades. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we should put somebody in charge who knows what they're doing. But that's just me speaking. Right. I mean, he, he goes to so many like CEOs of companies to do things. Right. The VA, I want, you know, like... Like whoever controls FedEx or UPS and does like logistic works... You know, or or runs massive, you know, whoever runs the Cleveland Clinic. I want that person (laughs) to go to the VA. If you run systems built on efficiency, where you're delivering care, no pun intended with delivering the FedEx thing, but, you know, (laughs) you need to know how to run a big system with many moving parts. Exactly. One that's that's already kind of broken and needs to be fixed. So definitely has to be somebody who is willing to take on that job and... Um, and put in the work. But right. that never really resonates with Trump. It's just like, oh, hey, how about you do the job? Hey, you riding the bike. Would you like this job? Like, right. <laughs> just random. I feel like you need to be given the option to turn something down instead of just, like, having it announced at a press conference. It's like, la-da-da! Like, nope. it's, <laughs> it's just because it's the title does not mean it's something that is wanted. It's, right. not, it's <laughs> not a grand prize. It's not a cruise. It's just, like, it's a right. job. You're up. Do you guys watch You're the Worst no. Okay. It's a show where every character is a garbage human being. 
Okay. <laughs> but there is one character who is a veteran, and it like kind of chronicles like it's like a side like side part of the show, um, and it chronicles like his issues and like dealings with the the VA, and it's it's really upsetting. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, Robert Wilkie is the new VA secretary. He's been the acting VA secretary uh, since March. Mm. Um, but yeah, Trump Trump came to the podium and says he doesn't know this yet. I'm sorry that I ruined the surprise. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> oh goodness, this is lots of size. What do you say? It's the publisher clearing sweepstakes, but with right. jobs, <laughs> right? Very big jobs <laughs> with lots of responsibility. Robert Wilkie, <laughs> <laughs> come on down. <laughs> yeah, you're running the VA. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, Uh, we did the That's What She Said. The Walk of Shame this week goes to Tom Brinkman. Yes, I don't know what house trick he's from. I don't know. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He introduced a house house build this week that would require any student that comes out in the school, and this could be gay, bisexual, genderqueer, transgender, any any flavor of that variety, has to be... Uh, they have to tell their parents. They have to inform their parents that this child has come out, um, which, you know, could deal with, like, end up with lots of students being killed or disowned. Committing suicide. Yeah, lots which of... Which has happened in the city of Cincinnati. Exactly. Um, emotional was, stress and... Yeah. Lula Alcorn, yes. There was yes. a high-profile instance of suicide following a, you know, a, a young teenager transitioning and... and being having, outed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having a terrible time with their with their parents, and this bill not only requires like mandatory reporting for being or like in mandatory information to parents of the child to out the child, but also like states that the child cannot be removed from the parents' care should the parents refuse um, hormonal transition, hormonal care. Yeah. yeah. So basically, um, let's just ruin some students' lives. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brinkman is a Republican from Mountain Lookout, which is a Cincinnati suburb. Okay. So, right, where somebody <laughs> was outed and then committed suicide. Cool. That's mm-hmm. a great, yes. great use of your time and a great use of self-awareness, which you do not have. Right. Yeah. It, just just a horrible idea. It is. I mean, school for a lot of these LGBTQ students is supposed to, is, is kind of a safe space away from yes, home. Yes, absolutely. And these teachers should be, like, people you can go to, trusted authority members who aren't going to, like, out you to your parents. Um, or judge you or shame you or just any of those things that this bill is uh, doing. I mean, you're just trying to figure yourself out at that point. And it's just like, well, I, I think I might be bisexual, but now my parents know and I can never, ever even question this because they're going to disown me if I even bring it up. Right. So yeah. you're, you're keeping people out or you're keeping people in the closet until college or longer. He's he's interjecting government in a place where it absolutely does not belong at all, and that's you know disgusting I mean, that's and been ironic the trend that with Republicans, Republicans do that exactly. Yeah. You know they don't want government interference anywhere, except for the the places where it really should not be, like my uterus, right, or these kids' uh, kitchen tables. Absolutely. So. Okay, Tom Brinkman, walk of shame. I mean, he's trying to force conversations before they're ready to happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, What's happening on the events calendar? <laughs> uh, next Tuesday is the May Reproductive Health Happy Hour in Columbus. That'll be at St. James. It's a benefit for Planned Parenthood. I will not be there because I will be doing training in Cleveland, but if you're in town, by all means. Um, I don't know what happens after that. Uh, on May 24th, so, <laughs> so Reproductive Health Happy Hour is May 22nd. May 24th. Uh, is uh, an event that our friends over at um, uh, the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice is putting on. It's called Holy Callings, Advancing Reproductive Health. Yes, with Planned Parenthood. Holy Callings, Advancing Reproductive Health and LGBTQ Justice. Uh, That's going to be at the Holiday Inn downtown in Columbus. Um, Information for all of these events, of course, is on uh, on our Facebook page or in the show notes. Um, that's May 24th. And then June 2nd, Pride season begins in Dayton. Yeah, you can come table with me. It'll be fun. Um, it's only, it's a pretty short Pride. It's only four hours. Yeah. Each of the shift is three hours, so you can help set up and break down with us. It'll include a T-shirt for your time. Woo-hoo. It'll be fun. It's yeah. a nice Saturday afternoon in Dayton. Yep. Um, also, that same weekend is Pride in the CLE. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah, your counterpart in northern Ohio, is going to be doing that in Cleveland. Yep. And then the Sunday after is going to be our pro-choice AF tie-dye party here in Columbus. So if you want to tie-dye party with us, <laughs> it's something you can do. It's $15 for a T-shirt or a tank top, and it includes all of like, the materials to tie-dye. And we'll have a potluck, maybe a cookout. It'll be a good time. Yes, so please come and join. Yeah. That's Sunday, June 3rd here in our Columbus office. Yes. Um, June 5th is an event uh, called Female as F. I think it's supposed to say female as fuck. Um, <laughs> Can't for say bl- that on the radio. Uh, I'm past the, the radio time cutoff. Uh, <laughs> um so uh, that is featuring uh, many local comedians that are terrific, including Brooke Cardis, uh, who's one of our friends and, and regular podcast guest. Yeah. Regular twice. She needs to come back. <laughs> um, that's going to be at Backstage Bistro on June 5th. I'm on that show. Oh. Yay. <laughs> but it's also sold out. No. <laughs> just okay. no. <laughs> yeah, it's a benefit for Planned Parenthood. It'll be a good time. We just yeah. did this last Tuesday. Nope, just kidding. This past Tuesday, as in <laughs> this week. Um, it was also sold out. It was also a good time. Um, also, I don't think it's on our calendar, but May 31st is going to be the next Reproductive Health Happy Hour in Cincinnati. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Links for all the information in the show notes, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.